hope you're doing really well. Uh, welcome back to the Estranged podcast. I really enjoyed um, my conversation this week with my good friend Elliot Morgan. Elliot is a member of the online comedy group The Valley Folk and he joined me to discuss and test out a new game that he has developed with um, Steve and Joe of The Valley Folk as well. Um, and it's called The Movie Movie Game. It is highly addictive and I really enjoyed playing it. The aim of the episode was originally to play the game. Um, as you will see, the game results in a number of movies as the answers to this game. And we had initially planned to say something very insightful about each of the movies. But the movies that came up weren't really ones that maybe were that worth uh, analysing together. But it was really, really fun. Um, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. I will add the uh, link to the pre-order of the game, which is still on Kickstarter um, in the show notes. Just a reminder that uh, we have a Patreon and would be super grateful if you were able to help us cover the costs of editing and hosting the podcast. The link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Um, also, never ask, but realise that you probably should if you enjoy the podcast. Uh, please give us a rating on iTunes because blah 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 this helps other people find the show. Anyway, I really hope you enjoy the episode and I will speak to you, or is it at you, or is it into your ears? I don't know. Um, another time. Bye. Hello. To estranged episode fifty four. We're catching up to you guys, Elliot. On I know. Fun You're How many? There, I think. We half, stopped. Are counting. you over hundred? Are we over hundred? I'm not sure. I think if we're not, we're we might be close. Let me see. I actually have it right here, pulled up. We're uh, 87, 88? 87. It's not bad. 89. It's not bad. But you it's started like twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen. Did you start? Yeah, we're really good though at taking breaks every uh, week. <laughs> yeah, just takes a lot out of me to have to talk to Pete and Pete to talk. To, it's a it's a long. We well, actually and we're both really good. Either. I drive over exactly, and it's fifteen minutes away. You know, and we're both really good at postponing things and not thinking about it. Uh, he actually yeah. texted me the other day to schedule our next recording session, which was rare. It's usually me kind of saying, "Hey, it's time to record." Uh, or both of us just go, hey, we'll do it tomorrow. So we're getting well, there. We're going to get back into the swing of things. I'm going to give you a bit of pet because I really enjoy the fundamentalists. Thank you. I, 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 I do too. It's my favorite thing. People say it's good. So. Yeah, uh, people do say that and they say it fairly <laughs> often. And I don't, I, I hope it just keeps getting better. I think we're on a good roll right now, minus the break that we've taken for the holidays. How was your holiday, Helen? um was it a holiday i don't know i guess i guess it was um we were just talking before we we've had like endless endless lockdowns we've been locked down for forever we had we had a little break i think it was two weeks because i remember going out for two weeks and the first time i went out i was like this is so so strange um but we're back 
for six weeks and it gets stuck so like, at like 330 here. So it's just shit. That's true. That's insane. If you go out, will they like fine you or like throw you up in know. the big house? Okay. The, 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 um, this, the roads are really busy all the time. So people people can go to the shops, you know, go to the supermarket. Okay. But there are places you really want to go, like the hairdresser and the... Yeah. I don't know. Seeing things uh, and the bars and stuff. Like, right. Yeah. Out. There's like a way of wanting to live a normal life that you can't do, even though you're not going to probably go to jail if you go outside. I get it. I'm glad you're surviving. My, um, my sister's very pessimistic about it. She's real. She's um, she's a business person and she has a very sort of businessy, very kind of like practical approach to everything. And she's her, like her... Um, mo is to be very realistic <laughs> so you know it's like grow things very slowly never have too high expectations etc etc and um she has been saying and also other family members who are more in the know about these things that it's like october next year at least and then as in you know similar thing but you know moving towards returning to something you know like it used to be and the health secretary in the UK like said the other day that we are you know we'll be getting back to normal by 2022 so yeah we'll see that seems like a long time to make people continue to to be patient I hope I hope everyone has that in them because I feel like everyone right now especially with the new year everyone's just like okay Okay, we did it. We did 2020. Now everything's going to go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my whole subjectivity is getting changed. Just, especially like even just from the darkness of being like this far north inside for this long. Body yeah. clock changed. Like, I feel like I haven't seen light for. I tried shining this like um, one of these like sad lamps in my in my eyes. And you're just opening comes. the refrigerator, just staring at the refrigerator light. So <laughs> I don't know if it works. Like, you know, <laughs> anyway, just something. So some, God, something. some kind of yeah. warmth and light. <laughs> I know. Well, I know. But... Yeah, we're all going crazy. We're all losing our minds a little bit. It's just fun when you can see it happening in yourself and kind of monitor it. And be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a little uh, like string of crazy i didn't know i had that's fun exactly see. it's like is, is this a covid breakdown or is it a real breakdown yeah is it me or is it covid or is it both yeah. <laughs> i don't know i mean yeah it's tricky i mean they're like i feel like some of the projects i'm working on um it's actually been quite liberating and also because of the way the nature that we worked with our the films that we make uh-huh. we've always done like international remote post-production <laughs> just being like an independent company you know you find what works for you and yeah. you can work with and whatever and often it's you know somewhere half across the globe um so I'm used to like doing everything not in person but it, it's only been revealed to me like how like really not easy that is now like before I never even thought twice about it and I'm like hang on I have to wait because this person's in Yep. eight hours ahead and then this person's eight hours behind and then uh, I've got yep. those files to those people and yeah I don't know but who knows what who knows what I, I am very concerned about certain aspects of um economic adjustments in the favor of 
certain corporations and individuals. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which looks like we're returning to some kind of like neo-feudal system, which is very worrying. What does neo-feudal mean? Well, you know, feudalism is basically like a rent-seeking system rather than like a capitalist system. And obviously capitalism has its like uber problems, but essentially you have peasants who are tenants on the land of yep. landed aristocracy who essentially, you know, were the people who led certain, let's say in the UK, the Normans, people who came over with um, William the Conqueror and were just given land and it's theirs and because the... Um, it's given to them by royalty and the divine right of kings, God orders it. And so they've sort of deserved it in that way. But they own it and everyone else is just a tenant peasant renting the land, essentially. And yeah. I think the new conquest was tech and tech has been marketed as something that it isn't. As in capitalism often has to have like a new frontier, like the housing, you know, mortgages. You twiddle with a few things, you... Mm -hmm kind of do a bit of magic and you disguise things and it makes it look like it's magically creating value. But value in like a Marxist sense is only generated by um, the sacrifice of workers. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a hand in the generation of a product for it to actually be worth anything. And also when you have more hands within the generation of a product, you have a greater distribution of wealth. But when it's just money from nothing and it's like just digitally reproduced and suddenly it's valued at something, it's like that value isn't actually real in like a traditional... Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously then you have to have things like monopolies and all these kind of weird ways to kind of like ensure that the ill-gotten gains are kept in the hands of individuals and so that that like idea of value is still maintained and clever marketing and certain ideological functions that mask Like lying. Certain, like so lying, yes, lying. like lying. And like <laughs> using really good... Um, cultural ideas, weaponizing uh -huh. them and emptying them out of their real meaning and using them as just like bunting or decoration so that the corporations can't be questioned. Anyway, yep. so, and then you have things like UBI, which on the face of it looks like a really good idea, but actually, if you think about it in economic sense, it doesn't go far enough because all it is, it's, so the way, it, you know, I mean, I, I'm not like, wouldn't call myself like a necessarily a Marxist, but I think Marx had the greatest insight into the true functionings of capital um you know he he discovered um the functionings of the political economy just as Freud discovered the unconscious I think and so the trouble with capitalism and this is why we have these like readjustments and like crises is that the motivation of the of the you know bourgeoisie or the owners mm -hmm. or whatever is to push down wages but obviously there comes a point when the workers don't have enough to buy the products that the yep. owners are creating. And so you have like, then you have a crisis. So a way around this is UBI, which, okay, great. We're getting money from, mm -hmm. you know, from our overlords, but then it's just to maintain the system. It's yeah, already talked about the first place. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, but when I've heard of uh, Yang, obviously is the one yeah. that everyone knows of, but yeah, when yeah. he talked about it, he kind of, I forget what it was. I don't know if it was his, I read most of his book, but some podcast, I think is where he was talking about, like, he was like, yeah, this isn't like a fix. He was like, this yeah. isn't going to like yeah. go far. He, I think he used those same words where it's like, it's not going to go far enough, but it may help give at least some sort of a baseline to people who could then make wiser decisions. And Absolutely. I think that's where I'm like, oh, yeah. experimentally, that'd just be 
fascinating to see what people could do if they weren't sweating so much about their rent every month. I mean, material comfort definitely allows people to make better decisions and potentially for things politically to be done with like greater, you know, greater thought and things like that. But yeah. it is still, yeah, unless, unless basically, unless it's like, you know, you, cause you, you have this like, so owners and then, you know, working people and mm -hmm. redistribution, but unless you like go inside and look at the dynamics and then inside those material dynamics are also like a libidinal psychological dynamic. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which like, all humans share. So it's like a really complicated thing. But I just, it is, I mean, who knows? One of the issues with Marx obviously had his like material, a materialist reading of history and sort of like a projection of where it's going to go. And obviously... Yeah. This would be a regression, you know, rather than a progress. Right. Me, but yeah, who yeah. knows, basically. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I feel like everyone, at least I'm just like white knuckling my way through this, uh, whatever this is. And, and, yeah. and there's a meme from the show The Office where they're all like point, pointing uh, finger guns at each other and they're all like in a circle and it's like that standoff and they're all going <laughs> like that. And I feel like that's how I am right now with my sanity and all of my friends where we're all just like, okay, I'm not, I haven't gone crazy. Have you gone crazy? You haven't gone crazy. You haven't gone crazy. You've gone a little crazy. I've gone a little, okay, I've gone a little crazy. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's sort of like sticking my, not sticking my head in the sand, I would say, but definitely kind of like, if I get, if I try to go down the mental rabbit hole of like, <laughs> what should we do? what to, to fix this i'm like this is so far above my pay grade literally uh no pun intended that it's like <laughs> and the issues are so complex and we're so divided on so many yeah. schools of thought so it's uh yeah i just wish i just hope that some we get some freaking smart people uh who can figure it out like i don't know who it is i don't know who has the right answer but there's got to be it, it's interesting because i guess the, the, the trouble is that those who we give the responsibility to to sort it out might be so invested in the system that's causing all the problems totally. in the first place. Yeah. So it's like all you know, um I don't know, like from a dialectical materialist perspective, for example, like all of the issues that, you know, rightly came to the surface this year, you know, race issues and stuff. And I mean, I've always read things like Me Too in like that there was something missing in that which was like the material analysis which was power dynamics and like the political economy that leads like someone like Harvey Weinstein to have so much power and his the way that he executed this power imbalance was yeah. you know, through sexual assault but it happens in like loads of different ways in different areas um but it's like often yeah those who we leave it up to are so invested yep oh yeah, in, like, yeah you can't the same way or just like or you know yeah. for instance like using you see certain like banks and everything using um certain like cultural movements as like advertising that they're like the approach but it's like hang on I guys like this is the system that generates those issues you know like, yeah as in under capitalism we have like a four percent chance of changing class and so therefore if we look like far enough back we can see how certain dynamics have like but yeah, it's just like, well, <laughs> you, could, yeah. you can say it. You can say it. That's great. But like, yeah, you can what say you whatever you want. About it? You can change yeah. your logo for a month or change your avatar for a month. That doesn't mean that yeah. if you're a corporation, you're going to do anything but hurt uh, people in the long run. At least I'm assuming that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. yeah I, exactly. I imagine it's somewhere yeah. along those lines. Do you know but, there's uh, um, a YouTube rabbit hole? There's this like really good, <laughs> this is really good German channel. And then they like dub these documentaries in English. 
um, I can't remember what it's even called, but there was one that like really explained how um, loan financialization and loans in relation to, to banks and the individual have worked since the 1970s. If you watch it, you'll be like, motherfuck. Like, That's what? terrifying. Terrifying. I'm sure it's... Um, Mark, Don't what's the one? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I'll just go, oh, dang. Uh, but anyway, so, I mean... Yeah, well... We'll figure it out. Some, well, someone else will figure it out. I can almost yeah. guarantee I will not contribute anything to figuring out the economic problems that are soon to be, uh, or and already are, bearing down on us. But if I come up with any great ideas, I'll email the president or something. President elect. Well, what was a great idea is the movie movie game. Which what we are a transition? Like... Perfectly <laughs> I done. Want to say, oh my god! Um, so. What we usually do in this podcast is we take a movie or a couple of movies for like yes. an hour, an hour and a half and like discuss the like deeper dynamics, the ideological right. dynamics, and like look at it from like a psychoanalytic perspective for the whole hour and a half. But what we're going to do is, um, so Elliot is part of this comedy group, The Valley Folk, and they've just created a game which Correct. has just been released on kickstarter and was very very successfully funded thank you um because it's kind of a great idea um and what we'll do is we'll talk a little bit about that game and then we're gonna like play the game so we're gonna do like a quick fire version of this podcast instead of spending like an hour on one film the films that come up through the game will like blast some silly ideas like in five minutes so do you want to talk a little bit about the movie movie game like what it is i would love to helen thank you for asking um <laughs> my uh i did uh not invent this game i would say the inventor was my good friend joe beretta who is uh uh my partner at the valley folk one of the two of them along with steve zaragoza and about a year and a half ago joe uh started um, actually, earlier on in the company, I think he came up with this idea called Movie Movie Game, where we would sort of bring in friends of ours um, and play with each other. And he essentially would write or sort of paraphrase these kind of humorous uh, plot lines from different movies. And he would smash them together. Two movies, he'd smash the plot lines together in his fun, whimsical way. And that would be the prompt. And you would read that. And if you could guess the combination of the movie titles, then you get a point or five points or whatever you want to do. There's no real rules. But the idea is that the end of the first title matches up almost perfectly with the second title. For example, Helen, <clears throat> here's a prompt that's pretty fun. You want to just dive in? Okay, let's have a go. This is a practice one. Sometimes, and these are, uh, I don't know if we'll be using a video, but there's a, a version of the card as well. We just sent some of these to our uh, patrons for part of their holiday gifts uh, this past month. But here we go. You ready? Are you ready? Yes, Are you ready? Uh, well, not really, but yeah, go for I it. I know. Every time I read these two, and I, oh, I should mention I'm incredibly bad at this. You're going to be great because you know movies. Uh, I know I'm some not... movies. I don't know, like, I know yeah. a few movies very well. <laughs> I'm basically yeah. very bad. Okay. All right. Whoa, you totally switched visages with that criminal guy. Did you get the memo? Face off. Okay. Now, what Did would be the second? Well, like memento, no. Close. Doesn't quite line up. Face off. Oh, so, yeah, you know the second part of face off, off. So, 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 whoa, 
Oh, I should just give you the first one. I should just give you the first answer. That way people understand the structure of the game, okay, right? Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. That way, see, I, I saved you since you didn't, you know. You didn't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I wasn't going to get it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's face office space. I've never heard of office space. Oh, really? Office space? No. Oh, it's so good. No. You're missing out. Is it a Did comedy? Get memo? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I've got, now got the memo on that film. Right. Have you ever, have you ever, exactly. Have you ever worked in, in a cubicle before? No, I haven't. No. Well, if you had, it's a, I haven't either, but people who have <laughs> say it's a, a great, here's a good one. All right. Okay. So nobody puts baby in the corner, except okay. for Gene Kelly after B. See, this is my problem is I can't really read. Well, dirty Dancing in the Rain. You got it. Dirty Dancing in the Rain. Oh, yeah. sh I should have actually, you no, know, because for the purposes of the people listening, like what was the sake of Gene Kelly? Uh, except for Gene Kelly after belting one out in a deluge. So he summarizes it, he paraphrases it, gets fun. Yeah, it's a fun this is, this is very, It's very like dialectical because it's like two different things generating something new or like that one thing generates the other, like the other, you know, anyway. Yeah, it's, I, um, I need it, to it is a remarkably weird, psychologically pleasant game and also infuriating <laughs> game because if you can't get it, it's like, it really does make at least when I, I play it, it feels like I can't find the title for the movie in my brain. Like I can almost yeah. kind of remember it. And then if yeah. I can remember one, it can kind of open the door to the other title or vice yeah. versa. Sometimes I remember the second yes. title, I work your way backwards, but like it really makes your brain fold over into uh, what what do you call it? What's the strip, Mobius strip or whatever Mobius those are? Strip. It yeah. makes your brain feel like a Mobius strip. Or like, I can't, I think it's connected. But it's but cool, yeah, how. it kind of like makes it seem like there's some like primal before right. a priori link between these two random things. But there always it does is, make it you know, that always yeah. is. Yeah, and, and so people cool. people got real uh, excited about this, this game and we did the Kickstarter and now they are available for pre-order and that's cool yeah. too. At least I think they still are, but um, still on yeah, people, yeah, you can still go to the Kickstarter and uh, we set up a pre-order system, which I didn't know was even an option. Um, mm -hmm. And so people can still order it, but, uh, and then we also have two expansion packs. So we have movie, movie game, but we also have TV show, movie game and video game, movie game. And you can imagine what those are, where the one is a TV show and the other is a movie game. So it's literally um, just the movie, movie game. Exactly. Yeah. Movie, movie game. Movie game. Well, I have to say, so yeah, no, I do. I do like the. There is something about that, like contradictory things generating something new. That's um, yeah, and that the fun is in the is in the like the clash yeah. of the two things, and like the joke. I mean, I guess thing like I don't know anything about comedy, as you know, um, but like the joke is in two like two oppositional things and the same thing, isn't it? I mean, that's like what yeah. funny thing. And seeing people struggle over <laughs> movies is pretty fun. Uh, and then what is it about people struggling that's so funny? Like, uh, why I don't know, is that but so it funny? Is my favorite. You know, after this year, it stopped being as funny because it's just you can't do the same punchline over and over and over again. But uh, it's uh, yeah, it is very enjoyable to see people, especially when they get it. We include like hints on the cards too, and then we include what year that they came out, okay. for, like bonus yeah. points and stuff. But yeah. um, you want another one? Let's do it because I, I have to say it would be cool just to like arbitrarily say something interesting about like each of the movies. I can't say anything about either Dancing in the Rain or I know. So. We'll find one that we can. Um, okay, go for it. Actually, because yeah, I have to find some. This is tricky because I have to find some that I can actually. Do you know? Okay, so this is like really, really like 
sad story and admission about myself, but um, we used to play a lot of board games growing up. Um, we lived in foreign countries because of my father's job. And um, often during the summer holidays, I would be like, you know, alone and <laughs> like, yeah, come up with something. So we played a lot of board games. And one, one summer, we had this girl looking after us. And um, I had, we had this really fun game called the Atlas game. I don't know if it's called Atlas or the Atlas game or something. Um, but it was like a form of like trivial pursuit in that you built uh -huh. up something if you got the right answers and it was all these different categories to do with geography. And you had to like build up your little map with all these different. The thing is that um, we didn't have that many games and I had like memorized all the answers to all the questions. So this woman thought that I was like some kind of geographical genius because I knew like all the facts about the lakes in frigging Canada and like what different maps where uh, flags were and capital cities and shit but yeah that was a really did you just know him because you'd play yeah because you know you kind of played the game a lot is that really why you know? so much <laughs> yeah yeah I just uh, memorized all the answers so, yeah. for uh for christmas i think it was a couple years ago my parents found this like because i grew up loving monopoly and i still have yeah. like so many sets of monopoly uh that i shouldn't have but they found me like this like antique ish table like monopoly table like freestanding the size of like an end table and i finally got it shipped like eight months ago to florida or to california from florida and they packed it in all these packing peanuts and it was like probably a billion packing peanuts that just spilled all over the garage and i'm still cleaning them up and that's kind of <laughs> annoying but i took it out and i forgot how incredible this like thing is because it's like got a glass top and it's under and it's got the little drawers with the money and the pieces and it's the coolest monopoly table i've ever seen but i'm like i don't know even how to go about asking anyone to like truly play this game with me because it's it's so fancy but i'm very yeah. very so that was my game I, and i would also i've got to the point where i can i know where people are gonna land like as soon as they yeah. roll you okay. know it's just 10 and all that and okay. but it's like i have to keep my mouth shut because i feel like such a dork uh if i know if i'm like yeah go to park place park place yeah okay keep going and i'll like try to move it real quick and i have my little yeah. like negotiating like tr things that i try to do and people don't like playing with me Turns no, out same we, um, we play like scrabble especially at christmas and um let's just say i've wild away many sleepless nights playing the scrabble <laughs> app <laughs> oh i know i know me too yeah are you on scrabble go yeah well just yeah start a game with me Okay, okay. And yeah, let's do because obviously the thing is you can have like linguistic acumen, but that's not really how you score the points. It's no, by it's knowing that triple letters G, and triple Q, Y and yep. like how to do three words at once and yep. and then it yeah, actually becomes uh, like it's really less fun. Yeah, I uh for the holidays I was um previously wanting to play a game with my folks and they were like, Well, we could play there's a game called Aggravation. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> no. Aggravation is exactly what it sounds like. It's very simple. You just roll a dice and you can knock people mm -hmm. off and you get aggravated. But they had Scrabble and I was like, well, let's do Scrabble. Not thinking that like I've been playing Scrabble all day, every day since quarantine yeah. started. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they were pretty upset because they hadn't, they don't play it hardly at all. And uh, I would throw in things and they would be like, that's not a word. And I'd be like, no, you don't. I was like, don't challenge me. Like I'm telling you, you don't like yeah. it, it. This is a word. Yeah. I was like, 
if you challenge me, this is going to not go well for you and you're going to lose your turn. Like, no, it's definitely not a word. I'm like, all right, let's look it up. Let's look it up in the Scrabble dictionary. (laughs) Exactly. And I'd be like, there it is. See, it's right there. But anyway. Yes. Falula is a word. Yeah. Or like Zuku, whatever the highest scoring words you could possibly get are. But yeah, Yeah. there's also like, in LA, there is, as in like other major cities, there are like Scrabble leagues. Like you can join the like, the actual... Yeah, and I also like the Scrabble Go kind of has, Scrabble Go makes it fun to, because they give you the little like custom tile. It's really dorky. Anyway, um, Uh, you ready for another one? Let's do it. We know this one. All right. So try to say the whole title together. So try to, if you can hit it in your head. Yeah, yeah. That's the fun of it. That's the fun. All right, here we go. This street urchin stumbles upon three wishes, but he only has one wish in his heart. To give up his possessions and freeze to death in a van in Alaska. Aladdin the world. Aladdin to the world. You got it. Way to go. That's five points. Good job, Helen. And maybe we should say we we've we've been working on a script inspired by Aladdin. Um, yes. <laughs> I actually thought of one. I thought of one. Hang on. Uh, I'll give you another one, Helen. Uh, hold on. Uh, so um, a down-and-out dentist uh, makes his way to Las Vegas after his life gets turned upside down when he discovers a genie who promises to grant him even things that he doesn't know he wants, like Amanda Bynes falling in love with her handsome roommate, Duke, who loves beautiful Olivia, who's fallen for Sebastian. Well say. I almost can't remember. <laughs> the genie of unconscious wishes. Got the first one. Way to go. Written by you and me. Yes. Um, the second one is kind of hard because I just Googled the synopsis and I wouldn't have even known. Dean, what, is it called Witch Something? Wish, wish wishes. Um, wish the hair? Wish. She, uh, she has to when Amanda Bynes has to pose as her twin brother, Sebastian, and take his place at a new boarding school. This is my first draft, so I know this is not a real one. It's the genie of unconscious wish she's the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. He's the man. Yeah. What happened to Amanda Bynes? Is she still? I don't know how she's doing. Someone needs to check on her. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I, she, I think yeah. she's a bit old for that generation of... Uh, yeah, that's one of those old teen movies. And yeah. yeah, she's the man. And I don't think it could get made today for obvious reasons. But um, it was quite amazing it when you watched fairly recent things. I watched a, there's a film that some of my friends at university really liked. Um, it was released in like 2011. It's not, it's like a very paint by numbers, moderately amusing, but pretty shit film called Chalet Girl, about a girl who um, was a once nationally renowned uh, skater who then loses her mum falls Heck on yeah. hard times in the jobs as a chalet girl and discovers that she's like really good at snowboarding and then like oh yeah yeah there's like a wealthy person who's a child. Uh, the um cousin greg is in it playing exactly the same character <laughs> cousin greg who's, who's from that? succession Nicholas oh yes Brown, of course yeah. greg yeah, yeah um but like that there was a uh, a joke in it where these like wealthy businessmen who come to the chalet, like uh, 
guess a woman's bra size. And this was right. like less than 10 years ago. And I was like, I mean, not that I care. <laughs> no, I know. But it is fun because all that stuff back in the day was like kissing, like comedy around kissing booths. Like you can't do that now. Like you can't yeah. do basically. I mean, maybe you can, but I don't know how you pull it off because all that stuff is a different era. But yes, we wrote a, a film called uh, The Genie of Unconscious Wishes, which is very much a play on uh, a, la a very dark Aladdin. Yeah, it's about self-sabotage, discovering what you really want and overcoming uh, the toxic pursuit of the lost. Have you, have you seen Soul? I have not. Is it, is it relevant? Um, well, Carl, Carl Yoon makes a cameo in it, which is pretty which crazy. Is, yeah. uh, I was like, that's a, of all the people, I mean, a bunch of people make cameos, but uh, I really enjoyed it. It's very good. I think it's great. It's very like... Yeah uh it's beautiful it's a beautiful film like it it made me get teary-eyed for sure but i would check it out it's on disney plus helen which i didn't have but i have something else where i can watch it so oh right um, wink, wink. <laughs> okay um let's maybe there maybe there is i was like we can we can we can do a typical estranged episode condensed per per film but i yes. don't know if we can because i can't think of I know. let's see um if there's another let me see. You you want another one, or do you want to? first. All right. Yeah. This one, I think you'll be able to at least do. We can talk about the psychoanalytic aspect <laughs> of the first one for sure, because I think it's going to be. This is great. All okay. right. A well-to-do businessman unexpectedly falls for a charming prostitute. Will their love survive society's preconceived notions? And a chainsaw-wielding Nicolas Cage hell-bent on revenge? Well, pretty woman. And, um, oh my God, I watched this fairly recently. Oh, really? You got you to just think about the end of the title, Pretty Woman, specifically the last syllable. Fuck. It's also, this is just a game of syllables, too, of, like, figuring out where... Mandy, 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 Mandy. And then so all together? <laughs> so pretty were Mandy. Um, you got it, yeah. yeah. Mandy is very, it's very um, good looking film. It's a very handsome film. It's a very uh, fancy like short film. Sorry? Are you talking about Mandy? Mandy, yeah. Mandy is very... in like the, the woods and he's like a... Yeah, very prisony and colourful and... It's got Andrea Riseborough in it. And, oh, yeah. and do you know what? I I literally have not much to say about this film um, at all, other than I think it's very nice to look at. Um, I do also quite like these uh, sort of like uh, hyper-real mythological films where everything is very stagey, like Nicholas Winning Raffin. Drive, etc. Et uh, et it's the best. Yeah, that. I mean, drive all that. Uh, I really need to watch Only God Forgives or whatever it is again. Is that what it's so called? So excellent. People hate I know, it. I need I, to... One of my favorite films. We started. Uh, I, I started rewatching um, Breaking Bad. Speaking of hyper realism, <laughs> um, and then I watched like the pilot because my family wanted to do this like 
rotating assign everyone a movie to watch and i was like well maybe we could do a tv show too and i can just try to force you guys to watch you know i, I really want to get my parents into breaking bad for some reason because i think everyone should see it but i, we, I was re-watching the pilot and then started re-watching this the last season um and man it's just still so good like the it's so enthralling every and the comedy is so understated and so just like it's great it's so excellently structured it's so you, the thing i think it does the best out of anything i've seen is like this idea of like four-point opposition <laughs> oh well, that sounds fancy. in, in uh, screenwriting where it's like each of the four main characters you know see a bit the hero and his like antagonists and you know they can be mm -hmm. various sorts of antagonists you know both antagonists and you know helpers at the same time but they um all emerge out of the same issue you know which is like the drug issue so you have the dea agent you know and like yep the um the g you know he's a chemical genius and his sidekick is you know an idiot you know so it's um it's so well structured and it's so like all emerges out of theme in such like a genius way. And yeah. Um, and the, just the care and like love put into every shot of that show is mm -hmm. um, like the dude, Vince Gilligan just knew, knew what he was doing. I don't even understand how, I mean, I guess it was right at the, like the, the new dawning era of great TV, but like, the fact that he was able to structure it so well on a season by season basis to make such a good series overall. I, I mean, like, how do you even know? How do you even know if your show is going to get like picked up and do well enough that you can plant things that far in the future in your first season, unless you're just a genius, you know, meticulous writer, which I guess he is. No, Did it's very Chief? impressive. I know. And you, you actually think the odds of it getting to that stage yeah through it having to be picked up a pilot and the pilot getting you know obviously i mean it does run out after a certain period of time i find i don't think i've ever watched the last like season um, you don't think you've ever watched an episode that like i think was like the turning point for me but the, the first few were just like genius oh did it lose you it lost you a little bit it lost me towards the very end yeah i think I think if it lost you, to, I mean, did Game of Thrones lose you before that ended? Because that was one of the. It never had. Me. It never oh. Had me. Not even a little bit, huh? No. Oh, why? Hyper gritty, uh, <laughs> hyper realistic, gritty mythology. I feel like Game of Thrones. Uh, well, so I I did watch like because often friends would have like a viewing party for an episode like I think I went was yeah. with a bunch of friends watching like it was like a double episode that was like a big battle scene, battle scene and it was like amazingly executed and it was just fantastic and then I've seen like snippets of it but every time I'd like see it I'd be walking in on somebody watching it and it would just be like two mm. people standing in a different setup saying <laughs> yeah, yeah no, do you that. have done this but lady no and it's just like beautiful. that's all I saw it was like this 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 and this and yeah. um, it's more um production questions and how those production questions affected me as an independent filmmaker where I'm based that make oh, it oh yeah 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 gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. your um, personal uh personal new age of uh corporate socialism is quite it took all the uh it's interesting to see it from from a like a different perspective let's just say okay. <laughs> yeah. interesting um yeah I like how you're being very you're being very wide you're choosing your you're choosing your words very carefully, so. Yeah, the thing is, that I don't have any, like, it's not like I'm um, 
have any it's just whatever system you have you know you have the upshot and the down the downside and it's not just that this is just an example of how everything functions now i'm sure how yeah. like small traders in relation to Am like bookshops in relation to amazon but obviously it was like mostly filmed here um and the way that investment for it worked and stuff and how it affected the infrastructure for yeah because it's quite interesting and i don't think it's really like bubbled to the surface yet because there aren't enough independent filmmakers for it to for people to have noticed it because mm-hmm. it was almost impossible to exist in that small country yeah that's very much like the um amazon thing with the bookstores i think it's funny that like when they were first coming to popularity everyone was like amazon's gonna just take over there's not gonna be any bookstores left and then in response, Amazon was like, not only are we taking the bookstores, we're taking Walmart and we're mm-hmm. taking Target and we're taking all yes. the rest. We're taking your clothing. Like it, yes. they just did everything. And now it's yeah. there's this sort of like growing movement of people who don't use Amazon. Um, but I'm like, it's it's so convenient. Yeah, like it I is. mean, exactly. The thing is, though, it's just overtaking to such an extent that you don't really have a choice. But this is the thing. This yeah. is how the tech, you know, the Silicon Valley sort of like sleep pods, hippie shit. It's something new. It's different. We get to change the rules in our favor, but actually it's exactly the same shit. But it's also, you know, obviously for Amazon, it's corporate socialism in the sense that you don't have to pay tax. You're also exploiting um, sort of like nationally, national institution produced um, technology. So like GPS and stuff was all stuff that was developed in like university laboratories so that's just in the public domain and they've like taken that without ever paying back. You know, they use like the same infrastructure as the postal service and stuff. Yeah. So it is very, yeah. So, I mean, um, the example in my industry is much more direct um, government money and stuff. Channels. Wild. Yeah. But I think all of these, um, obviously within the media, you have very few um corporations um, yeah amazon is you know it's also within the media as well but it's like one of the biggest out of all of them um but yes but it's it's tricky because obviously sometimes this is done with the grace of intent because it's always creating jobs and everything but like in the long term again from a marxist reading you never create jobs through capitalism you only ever expropriate value from working people so yeah Wow. But the thing is, they, you know, there's not to be like moralistic about it because like we're in this system, but there is a sort of like, you do actually have to have some state control. But the irony is we've gone from state control to state support. Think, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's uh, doubly, it's double the opposite, you know, it's a double negation. Yeah. Um, it's but, even like the fact that they're, they, they're, they're, they're coming after Netflix. Like they're coming after mm-hmm. the entertainment uh, industry and the and at a perfect time with the everyone staying home and now it's like you can stream and you even like if I want to watch HBO I have HBO Max but it's fed into the Amazon thing too so I can just go to the Amazon app on the TV and it'll have I'm like what why like why do you need what <laughs> but it's so convenient and it's like and I'm saying that as someone with a my second comedy special is on amazon which is very funny but uh, yeah. that happened all of a sudden i got an email and they're like okay it's going to be on amazon and i was like okay all right cool well i don't know what that means and i didn't get this the thing though, i mean it's like you can my sister doesn't buy things from amazon but she actually um knows a lot about amazon from her work and it, yeah. i can say from her it's like very difficult 
Um, and also you feel kind of like bad saying it because you're like, shit, are they going to just like block me or something or cancel me or whatever? Yeah, yeah. But, um, which speaks to the fact that they have like way too much power. But um, yeah, but the thing is within capitalism, yeah, we live within a system where you have to operate within it. But then this is the question of just like complete ex- extremity. And also, you know, yes, it's convenient, but in a sense, it's not, it's not developing anything new. It's almost like regressing because it's just like doing the same thing, but faster. But um and just making it cheaper. But obviously somebody has to, there's a really great Ken Loach film, sorry, we missed you, we did an episode on it, about an Amazon delivery driver in the north of England. And it's just like... Really? What's it called? Yeah, it's really, it's called Sorry Sorry We Missed You. Okay. Uh, It's really punch in the gut kind of thing. Um, But yeah, no, it's it's not only um, not a level playing field, it's sort of like a monopoly government yeah. supported the monopoly do you think the reason but it's always because it's not even it's just that they're, they're, they're more powerful than the governments now is it are they and and to stop that from happening like on the list of things that i and i know this is a part of just <laughs> you know is just people don't care is that what it is like are people just like i don't the uh... thing is that it's not really our responsibility to care like obviously because this is i think what capitalism wants us to do is to make us morally responsible as Get well as eth- ethically responsible as a, as well as like working as hard as you can like it's a we have the illusion of freedom under capitalism but it's just really obfuscated lack of freedom it's really obfuscated and it's yeah. really difficult to be a subject under capitalism so i i don't think i would never like blame an individual it's it's a libidinal structure so you know this like perpetual accumulation as you say like why does amazon have to do this why do they have to go into tv why do they have to why do they have to keep you know it's just this imperative to perpetually accumulate for like literally no reason. And obviously yeah. we, and I find it really interesting with like climate change is another thing in terms of, you know, saying like these empty political slogans when it's like, well, this is the system that's creating those issues. It's the same with climate change. It's interesting that like, um, what's she called? Swedish girl, Greta Thunberg speaks at Davos. Cause it's like, well, this whole institution is literally like why we have climate change in the first place. <laughs> so it's like know. not even, I think the critique and the like analysis has to come not on a, like an individual responsibility level because it's really terrible to be like the working subject is like completely exploited and really struggles to exist and like doesn't you know not even having healthcare in Americans so it's like what the fuck kind of world have we created for ourselves but it's like and it's not even anything that you use as a critique to the system it can just be appropriated and then like used as a way to hide the way it functions it's always happens it's like feminism then feminism's taken on and it's just like we just need more female ceos but it's like the same problem so it's like almost at the level of language and i think that's why we often think that like it's such a natural system because we don't even have the words to conceptualize it because it's actually at a deeper libidinal level if we mm-hmm. this is why i think psychoanalysis is so important i think that psychoanalysis emerged it was like a necessary science that emerged when there was a symptom which was a result of capitalism. So mm-hmm. capitalism causes neurotic symptoms because it pretends that we're free, but actually we're not at all. We're completely bound. Going on. Yep. And so we, it really agitates us and it makes us like neurotic and gives us these terrible, like agitated symptoms. So psychoanalysis, the symptoms are like telling psychoanalysis are the secret of how on an unconscious level we know how it functions. So we would like interpret the mm-hmm. symptoms to understand the undercurrents because just looking at it. I think that's why we get pissed off with like politics and all this kind of stuff, because it's like, we know 
that that kind of party politics doesn't is only ever a new iteration of the same thing or like fixing the chairs on the Titanic as it's like sinking where it's actually at a much deeper which is why I'm interested in dedicating my life to like art because like I think you can uh, elucidate certain aspects of these undercurrents in a clearer way than just in like discourse you know but 100% yeah that's uh, a um what was I gonna say uh uh, I blanked but yeah the art thing and then yeah it's like the itch you can't scratch constantly I know I was worried about after the um election I was like what is everyone going to talk about like we'll have nothing to to say and nothing to 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 be angry about so then what's going to happen with all of that anger that we all have that is the result of probably personal and unconscious and a billion other things that's all become funneled into this one particular arena and uh yeah it seems like people at least in my personal life uh and people I know it's it's causing um the not having that sort of what do you call it like patient zero or, or uh the uh, like the scapegoat or scapegoat yeah uh the and there's some word something patient but it's like the person that you put everything on that you think mm-hmm. this is the problem it's scapegoat yeah uh yeah i just can't think of the other yeah anyway. i think i think i maybe have a vague sense of what you're saying yeah yeah, but it's... Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the thing is, it's like Trump was a very convenient explanation for yeah. deeper issues. He's a very a convenient emergent of the system. But actually, when that goes away and it's the same system, yeah. like Yeah, then what do you do? What takes the Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. What would you but like? But interestingly another? enough, like Pretty... Well, we did an episode on Pretty Woman because we just had oh, Pretty yeah. Woman. Pretty Woman, like Tom McGowan did a chapter on basically Pretty Woman versus Nottingham. And the Pretty Woman is a is a story about capitalist love, love for accumulation. It's not actually real love, and that like love is a profoundly anti-capitalist gesture because it's like a completely wasteful thing, like has right. no logic to it. It completely yeah. ruins your life, <laughs> makes you less oh, productive, all kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that the Pretty Woman was about um, love presented to you through capitalism. This like warm, fuzzy feeling that one individual can like take you away from your situation and transform your life. Um, Lost objects. That's the same kind of logic. It's just like, just making, having one more channel, having one more set of products on our Amazon will make us that much better, you know? Yeah, one more thing and then we'll be good. One more little, if I have one more million dollars uh, in the bank account, then I can stop and be happy. Yeah. And until then, I'll just keep destroying my life and working my butt off and not enjoy life. And so the, the uh, real kind of losers are almost the yeah the capitalists who have to keep doing that. But the um, even though they have lots of money in the bank, you know, it doesn't it doesn't actually solve any of the issues. It doesn't actually work. You know, it can beyond a certain amount where like you have healthcare, you have a house, you can have food, you can like not absolutely kill yourself with working, you can afford to have ch- the, do the things you want to do, mm-hmm. which obviously hundred million is not necessary. Hundred billion is not necessary. Beyond that, like nothing solves anything. And the fact, like I think it's just proof that perpetual accumulation proves that it doesn't work. Like if it worked, you would be able to stop you know you wouldn't have to yep. keep doing it um but yeah you know, it reminds me of um the great prophet uh lp from uh the duo run the jewels uh yes. and lp says uh isn't it weird that the worst of us have all the chips it really kind of takes the sheen off people getting rich uh and that's just a little nugget of philosophy for you that you can like wrap it. your head around like for it. a really long time yeah I like um i love run the jewels all right you want another one Let's do it. 
All right. Violence ensues after Josh Brolin stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong, $2 million in cash, and a secret organization that polices and monitors extraterrestrials on Earth. Sicario. Nope. You Would you like one of the hints? Yes, please. <laughs> Hint number one, bowl cut haircuts and cattle stunners. You know this. Bull cut haircuts and cattle stunners. You know. What's it? Each one. Bowl, the first one's bowl cut haircuts. No, that's the bowl cut haircuts and cattle stunners is the hint for the first film. Do the little explanation a bit again. Violence ensues after Josh Brolin stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong, $2 million in cash, and a secret organization that polices and monitors extraterrestrials on Earth. For those listening, uh, the hint for the first film is bull cut haircuts and cattle stunners. Hint number two is, is Edgar the Bug Vincent D'Onofrio's best role ever? Edgar the Bug. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Interesting Austin. guy. Interesting guy. <laughs> well, I know. Okay. I follow him on Twitter. I love him. Yeah. I, I uh, love Law and Order Criminal right. Intent. <laughs> um, okay. Give me... A, a word in the title. No. Well, isn't there like a year? Actually, I'm not going to get it. I mean, give me a word. Well, I mean, I gave you the word. I gave you the word. A bowl cut haircut. Pudding bowl. No, I said what? no. 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 That's the word. Oh, no country for old men. And then the second title. Men. Secret police organization that. That you know this one, the secret police or we're gonna secret well, government. Yeah, Josh Brolin's in it's Josh Brolin in their country for all men. Isn't it like it's like um He's Woody, not Harlson, the bowl cut. Woody Harlson, um Javier Bardem. It is Javier Bardem, yeah. But like I just forgot Josh Brolin was in it. Um anyway, he sorry. Is in it, yes. He is in it. Um so no is Tommy Lee Jones. And Tommy Lee Jones is in it, yeah. He's like and Tom, but Tommy Lee Jones is in the second one, the second film. Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. So I'll say oh, I'll my God, it. that was quite obvious. That was really, yes. that's one of the easiest ones, yeah. So I was like, this is kind of good <laughs> if people are listening, because maybe it gives them time to get it, because it would take me a little bit of time. So you have to say it all together now to get your points. No country for old men in black. Nailed it. Way to go. Love it. Let's do another one. They're, they're very, All right. they're very addictive. They're very, just give me one more, and I'll be satisfied. All right, here we go. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. The bride is on an unstoppable revenge journey of violent comeuppance to avenge the murder of her unborn child by the hands of a driven eleven-year-old British ballet boy with an unstoppable desire to dance. Was it Billy Elliot? And the revenge of her unborn child. The bride. The bride, the bride. is on an unstoppable revenge journey. So a violent come up. It's violent. That's the first one. Violent. To avenge the murder. Mm -hmm. Who killed Billy Elliot? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, five points. Wait a I literally haven't you... seen Kill Bill for like since it was in the cinemas, and I snuck in as the fourteen-year-old, whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't know Billy Elliot was even a movie or what it's about. So good for you. Have you not seen it? Have my name. 
No, I don't watch. This is one of the um, British classics. Oh, is it? You would enjoy it. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very classic piece of British cinema. Um, from two, the year two thousand. In case you were wondering, Jamie Bell's first movie at fourteen years old. See, I don't know who Jamie Bell is. Jamie Bell was uh, married at one stage. Well, I don't know if he's still married to Evan Rachel Wood. Oh yeah, um, what's his Westworld? West. What? Yeah. I don't know what he's. I think he has like had like a, a pretty substantial career as an actor since that role as a child. It's about a um, a boy from kind of a. It's set in the um, time of under Margaret Thatcher, where there were lots of strikes by miners um, because of. For... I mean, it's like a long story. Um, but so <laughs> his parents, it's in the north of England, it's a very sort of impoverished area. Father's a miner and they're all on strike. And so therefore, you know, they have literally nothing. And Billy wants to, he discovers a talent for ballet dancing. He like stumbles upon a ballet dancing class of thing when he's supposed to be boxing. And he turns yeah. out he's very good at it. And then in order to be able to afford lessons, the father has to cross the picket line and go back into the mine, you know. Anyway, so oh. he, ends up, he ends up as like a successful ballet dancer. Oh, that's a beautiful story. I love it. It is nice. It's a great. nice film. It's a nice film. Uh, yeah. way, way to do the summary, too. That's a very good... I don't uh, know if it's very good. I, I haven't seen it for a long time. Okay, let's do... I, again, <laughs> the best lead film. Like, we'll say something intelligent about each film, but I haven't seen this for years. So, yeah. I mean, that's a... Yeah, that's your... You're the expert there. I'm just sort of... I can, I can barely find one of these cards where I've seen both the movies, but... Here's okay. a good one. You ready? Go for it. A black man must escape the ill intentions of some white well-to-dos so he can stop a smuggled primate from spreading a deadly virus that could lead to the end of humanity. Twelve mm -hmm. years a slave? Mm-mm. The ill intentions of some white well-to-dos. Um, no, get out. Break. There you go. You got it. Yeah, good job. Get out, break. I, like I haven't that. seen out, break I, I like either. you confident. <laughs> Just sort of get out, break. It fell out. I guess there's a film called Outbreak, but I have not seen it. Are you, are you a fan of Get Out? I love Get Out, yeah. I really, really mm -hmm. enjoy it. But I also love pretty much anything Jordan Peele does, except I will say I stopped watching Lovecraft Country because it got too intense for me. Um, so you that's were, my you were picking it up, I remember, a few months yeah. ago. Yeah, and then I just stopped. It was like one or two episodes where I was like, this is too, it's too, uh, it was just stressing me out. I think since being in quarantine, I've stopped watching a lot of um, really intense things. I stopped watching The Boys because it was too intense on Amazon, which is a pretty, it's a superhero comedy. And I was like, this is too much. Oh. I know I've been, I've been like shamelessly watching rom-coms which I usually fucking hate yeah I watch that's holiday. interesting Actually, I do like Nancy Myers in the films you know I watch like The, the Holiday that's okay. a good alright yeah <laughs> good-ish good-ish I watched uh, not... the oh go ahead no, no I wasn't saying anything uh, I watched over uh, the holiday I watched um, Muppet Christmas like family special it's only available yeah. on youtube it's not the yeah. christmas carol it's the mm -hmm. specifically um they have like the sesame street shows up as carolers 
And then the Fraggle Rock crew shows up and I had never seen it in my whole life. And I watched like a, a TV ripped version on YouTube and it is, it is so good. And I love the Muppets so much, but at the very end, because it's ripped from the TV, the credits start rolling. Mm-hmm. And it had, since it was filmed in 1987, it had the newscaster talking about the 11 o'clock news hour that was coming up. And it was like, stay tuned uh, on tonight, the 11 o'clock news. What do you do with a doomed baby? Do you sell their organs to kids in need? And it like cuts off as like the Muppets are waving and saying Merry Christmas to everybody. The newscaster's like, what do you do with a doomed baby? And I really like those words together, doomed baby. Doomed baby, that's uh, yeah, the name of some kind of horror movie. But like, yeah. Was that like a local news or was that like, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe it was like a 2020 thing. I know. Yeah, it wouldn't be much better. I love, I just say, who would say doomed, a doomed baby, not terminally ill, doomed. What is a doomed baby? A a baby that's going to die. Do you sell their organs? And that's Um, what it's, it's been the fact that they, they caught it with me at the end of this kid's, not kids, but kids slash adult Christmas special uh, was the most jarring thing because it's like they're all singing carols and then the music starts and then doomed baby out of the game. So I would look it up if you get really bored. Right, I just will skip watch to it. I'll check this out. On yeah. One of the joys would of YouTube. Would they you like a holiday? This... Uh... Sorry, go first. Sorry, I was. I didn't hear what you were saying. I was looking at the next one. Go for the next one, go for the next one. Are you sure? Yes. All right. A man must survive the murderous intentions of a good guy doll so he and the curtain ring salesman can get home to Chicago in time for Thanksgiving. I think it should be shower ring. I think it's a shower ring salesman. Well, is the second one planes, trains, and automobiles, which I've never watched, but I assume that we're from that description. That's what it is. Yeah, it's also a great okay. one. And the first one, plane. The first one is a man must survive the murderous intentions of a good guy doll. And the hint is, if you suffer from pediophobia, you should not watch this movie. Isn't that like, is that like Chucky? Mm-hmm. Chucky planes, trains, and automobiles. It's not called Chucky, though. Is the film called Chucky? Mm-mm. Is it not? Ooh, I never knew this. Yeah, it's child's planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, is that what it's called? Child's plane, child's play. Child's play from nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. It's quite fun, actually. Just like making up a film that you assume that this description is that you've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Anyway. The other thing is that it's not, it's not like a hugely, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, because like chess obviously has been around for like thousands of years and it has, well, I don't like a thousand years or whatever it is, but it has like an infinite number of plays. Like it's actually, you know, well, I mean, it obviously potentially like evolved rather than somebody invented it, but on on your guy's end, it's quite a labor to put into uh, to coming yeah. up with new ones. And we're we're running out of uh, 
we're running out of movie titles that anyone's ever heard of at all because there's only so many movie titles that fit together with the syllables but um we've had to hire we've had to outsource a little bit and even that didn't really help because it's tough to we have a a spreadsheet that we like use to double check we try not to repeat any films in any way but there's a couple of repeats in there just because they work so well but um you guys uh, must have actually really spent a long time on this Long, long time. Yeah, a long time. And uh, seeing it come to the fruition is is very cool. So I'm excited to start. Now we just have to figure out the production end, which is um, should be pretty easy, uh, I think. But it's like we have to get prototypes and actually design the cards and make it look a little better. We're going to do some fun stuff, I think, and include cool little instruction packets in it. Um, we're this is what about the Kickstarter was for, to, yeah. to raise the money to it, yeah. Yeah, because we just wanted to make a physical game, and so we set the goal at ten thousand, and then wound up at like two twenty six, and now it's up to like two forty ish, I think, or something. So that's a two hundred forty thousand. Two hundred forty thousand, yeah, pretty crazy. So whoa, pretty nuts. Um, but that's obviously oh, it's before. not frequent. Like actually, the stats on Kickstarter successes is like not high, is and then it? obviously okay. to obliterate the target is. The I guess you guys like, set it low. Yeah, it's like, sure. like we set it purposefully low to keep our mm. <coughs> excuse me expectations in check, uh, and to try to make sure we got it because mm -hmm. we knew that if we couldn't get it, we would suffer an existential crisis, and we didn't want to do that. But speaking of checks, I have a question for you: Did you watch The Queen's Gambit, and what did you think? I did not watch The Queen's Gambit, and okay. I have to confess there's a reason why, which says more about me than anything else. Which is I have had a feeling not. My assumptions are always like, I don't like being force-fed a strong female character, a strong female lead. But ah. apparently, actually, it is Interesting. not, it is thematically and like philosophically not, um, not like actually quite insightful about contemporary issues and quite like collectivist. I like collectivist stories, which tell us about like, you know, obviously like traditional, it's not even traditional, because like the storytelling technology has been around for, like since you know humans had yeah. language um but obviously in our iteration under our economic system it's very like individualist human goal obstacles get the goal yes no you know but i like using that but either undercutting the desire at the end so you try to get something and then you realize it's not going to change yep. your life <laughs> i do yep. that like we'll say like um uh like having to cooperate with other people in order to achieve a goal. Um, and apparently, actually, that's what it ends up being in Queen's Gambit. So. You, uh, you might like the movie Soul. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, I think that, that Queen's Gambit definitely does that. I, I don't like in a similar way, uh, maybe to how you don't like being force-fed, sort of strong, the strong female character yeah. trope. Yeah. I don't like watching things that people have told me over and over again are good. Uh, yeah. something in me will watch HGTV for hours before <laughs> I like, dive in because then I feel like ah, yeah I liked it it's, it's, if I, if I, then if I don't like it as much as other people like it then I have to explain it and, and instead of just being like it's fine like I actually really thought Queen's Gambit was fine and it is enjoyable it's, it's really beautifully shot but yes. I don't that's not like a hard and fast opinion that's gonna like you know get people I'm just like okay yeah no it's good because then I know there's often, often like TV shows, especially now, like are as good as people say they're going to be. There's like, so, so many ones I've been resistant to watching. Like I was initially resistant to, I'd never watched Peep Show, 
um, until like 2015, and then I was watching, and then I watched it like literally 20 or 30 times through. <laughs> so I was just watching it last night, yeah, and it was the yeah. uh, one where Jez is staring in front of a or standing in front of a chain link fence, and he go and his thought is. Oh, a thousand glory holes and no one to suck me off except for whatever the other <laughs> character was and I was like did he just refer to a chain link fence as a thousand glory? I was like that's first of all so that's very funny but it's so vulgar and I would never even it's such a true thing that he would say because he's such a yeah. pervert that who <laughs> would look at a chain link fence and think that except for him uh so yeah it the show is is, is perfectly funny it's yeah. great I hear um it's also gives you there's so many jokes in it. Succession as well. Oh my gosh, because it's Jesse Armstrong was one of the writers of um, and creators of Peep Show. He has similar humor, and there's loads of Easter eggs in Succession. Like I think it's his production company as part of the creation of Succession is called Project Zeus, which anybody who's a Peep Show fan knows that's the um, impossible combining of marketing and sales that they attempt to do as a presentation in Kettering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to live near Kettering. Project. So like random yeah. place. Um, in, the, in the East Midlands of the UK. Uh, then, yeah, there's also Stefan Strauss is referred to in this meeting. They're like, oh, here's my colleague, Stefan Strauss, who's the guy from, uh, who comes over from Germany, from Frankfurt, when they close down uh, the like the branch in Croydon where Mark works. So, so there like there are loads of ones like that that like come really? up and you walk and you're like, huh, huh. yeah. Oh, that's no, fun. Really but there's, I can't wait yeah. for that show to come back. I know. I mean, we need it right now. We need to see those yeah. assholes being assholes to like <laughs> blow off some steam. I, I need the I need the Kieran Culkin character back in my life because otherwise I'm going to become the the Kieran character and uh, I don't want that to happen but she's sarcastic pure and good basically i know it's very it is it's very very funny it's very funny it's um so basically people can still go to kickstarter yeah um sign up yeah or uh you can there's a you can go to kickstarter search movie movie game or uh, kickstarter.com slash prod slash that uh, bitly.com slash movie movie game it's probably the easiest one we use bitly links but um, yeah, if people are interested, go for it. It's uh, very fun, and the videos are available it's on YouTube, fun. and they're also fun to see people kind of struggle uh, at the Valley Folk. But have you done like a mashup between the trivia bidet? And the I know we need to. We need to. We haven't done trivia bidet in a while. It seems uh, uh, it's probably... is that how you guys say it in America? Bidet instead of bidet. bidet. Yeah. yeah. What do you say? <laughs> is that we say bidet? We say happy bidet. BJ. Like I mean, it's funny because, like, we obviously don't. I'm getting like they're not. They're obviously a common thing in continental Europe, but not in the UK. But it's like if you ever went on holiday to France in your like rental villa, there'd always be a BJ. Oh, great! I love that. I'll start saying it like but that. Are they are they common in America? No. No, they're not. But I mean, I own four of them, so they're common in my America. I would get them <laughs> sent to us, so it's it's a great. And I have one sitting next to the toilet I need to install, but. They're so easy. They're just like a little hose connector and you drill it into your, screw it into your seat and you're good to go. I don't have like the fancy ones that people have that are like heated, but you know, one day. A heated Hopefully. Movie. My God. Yeah, when, when movie we can. owns four bidets. Oh yeah, <laughs> has too many bidets. Excess of bidets. 
Excess Okay, well, let's do, can we do one more? Because I'm kind yeah, of addicted to this game and then we'll um, call it a day. Let's do it. Let's, bidet, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's call it a bidet. Oh, here's one. You'll get this one. Okay. This relates to a previous episode of Estranged, I believe. After a soldier's three bros are killed in combat, a World War II captain leads his men behind the lines of the Shimmer only to be confronted by a super weird zombie bear and a freaky Slenderman thing. Saving Private Ryan Annihilation. Whoa! What? That's 10 points, Helen. Way to go. The fact that you and said it, you said it together, you got all the syllables in there. You did yeah, it without so too much time. Yes, I always forget to say it together. Uh, no, that was great. Yeah, and that's, that's a tough nice word to get out. That's satisfying one to say. R yeah, saving private Ryan Ryan annihilation. annihilation. Yeah, one of my other favorites is the TV. Uh, there's one for the TV show movie game that Joe did, which is uh, the Mandalorian Annie. So you combine the Mandalorian <laughs> with the you know Annie. It's pretty good. <laughs> good stuff. Satisfying. Two very good movies. I have to say, a lot of people snob on Saving Private Ryan because. The Thin Blue Line was released the same year, Terrence Malick movie, which is also excellent, but very different. But I have to say I like Saving Private Ryan a lot. So. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. I don't want to ever watch it again because it makes me very, very uncomfortable. Okay, but uh, it's incredible. Everyone should see it. The opening scene is... Uh, Too much. Horrendous, yeah. Well, no. Also, um, the actor in it, who I think is just so fantastic, but then I never see, who looks exactly like my dad. Oh, really? Barry Pepper, like, so he's the he's the sniper guy in Saving Private Ryan. But um, there was a uh, dramatization of the Kennedys on HBO in twenty eleven, I believe, and uh, Barry uh, Barry Pepper plays Bobby Kennedy, and he had to like ha have this like prosthetic nose. He had like a prosthetic nose or whatever. And honestly, watching it, it was like. Is that my dad or is that Barry Pepper? That ah, is so weird. It's what have you ever good. had that where you like see somebody and you're like, no, this is the person I know, the man I know the most in my entire life. And like I wow. can't my brain is like, what? No, so I haven't it. seen it. I haven't it's, I haven't yeah. had that happen. Yeah, that would be uh too much, especially if you're watching bad things happen to him in a movie. I can understand why that would be not easy. <laughs> But it is weird. There's also there's always like actors that look so similar that you're like, which one is it? Is that this yeah. person? That yeah. yeah, I used to get Edward well, Edward Norton and Sean Penn. I got confused growing up over and yeah. over, even though they don't actually look that similar. But in my head, somehow they'd become yeah, same age, same type of movie, same type same, of movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Anyway, well, great job, well, Helen. You you won. Thanks you for got... that movie game. Yeah. Fun. It's thank you. For, I can vouch uh, for it. its um satisfying nature there you go because of the contradiction <laughs> that it pairs in your head and uh, elicits from you yes yeah, so generating something new exactly what is it gonna be no it was uh it's great and congratulations on smashing your target and i will thank look you. forward to playing it in real life Thank you. I'll send you a copy as soon as uh, I get a copy. Um, and so I appreciate it very much. And congratulations to you on not going completely insane, despite the fact that you have two hours of sunlight every day. Well, I would say... Time will tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind still, of, kind of a wink Still wink. being able to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, being able I to, know. like, yeah. 
we've all uh, lo- lost our ability to socialize a little bit. It takes a little bit of a, a readjustment. I feel my, I've, I've got a two-year-old nephew who's been obviously in lockdown since March, and um, mm-hmm. and he is now two in one month. And I just think, like, so he's been in lockdown since he was, what is the maths on this, 18 months old? And yeah. seen another child. <laughs> a quarter of his life. That's pretty gnarly. That's something I yes, can't, I mean, I can't wrap my head around that. So poor, yeah. poor kid. Anywho, right. well, um, have a great rest of your day. It's now our uh, depth of night here. It was like 7.30, but it's like obviously far into the night here. Well, thank you very much. I hope you enjoy your evening and I will, uh, it's now pouring rain in Los Angeles, but I think our water heater is working again. So I'm going to go take uh, a nice hot shower for the first time since uh, being home for a second. Yeah. So thank you very much. uh, See you soon. And thank you for listening, people. And until next time, goodbye.